0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good morning everyone. It is Thursday, June the 23rd, 2022. It is currently 10:09 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live two stories above a street right here in Abilene, Texas. Wherever you may be, whenever you may listen, however you may listen, thank you so very much. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to get right to it. I I don't know how many broadcasts I'm going to do today, but I'm going to do as many as I possibly can. i got a lot of other things going on, but I'm going to try to make today very productive. Now, one of the things I absolutely love about the way I podcast is that obviously I love the fact that uh, it's live. I love the fact that a lot of times I turn on the microphone and kind of in real time, I kind of just, I kind of let out a stream of consciousness. I just kind of, I try to think things out. Live on the air. Now, you may not appreciate that. You may, well, it's a little disorganized, but it's very real. It's very truthful. And it's just me a lot of times trying to process something. And a lot of times I I don't even really know, like, well, I'll end up in a kind of a line of thinking, a line of reasoning that I, I didn't even really know I was headed to. And I always kind of find that interesting. Maybe you do not, but I mention all of that. I say all of that. I explain all of that. Because that's kind of how we arrived at this moment. I don't know if you remember, I started receiving emails from different ministries asking for money, you know, $394,000 by the end of June, oh, Wait, $500,000. I, I received another one the other day. I think it was 200 and something thousand. I received another one for 80,000 and all of these ministries asking for money. We have to have money. We have to have money. We have to have money. And we went through their their emails and and how they're basically and all of them using the you know that something bad is going on in the culture, that everything is bad, but we need to give them money and and I could have looked at it from that perspective, but for some reason, again, just talking things out live on the air, just trying to process my thinking live on the air, I kind of arrived at this perspective, well wait a minute, these ministries are asking for all of this money. What, how much ministry does that actually represent? I started looking at it, and maybe from a very pragmatic standpoint, I even acknowledged that my perspective could be extremely fleshly. But I looked at it like, okay, I give you, let's say I give, you know, whatever ministry, I'm not going to you know start naming all of them, but most, all of the ministries that I've received emails from, basically their ministry a, a, a amounts to nothing more than a 30 minute program Monday through Friday that airs on radio stations and, and also shows up as a podcast. One, one broadcast, 30 minutes long, five times a week. And I'm like, that's it. So you, you need hundreds of thousands of dollars to basically give me one 30-minute program per day. Now, maybe I shouldn't look at it this way, but I'm thinking, I don't understand what you need all of that money for because you're just, all you're really doing in most in almost every single case, in fact, every single case, all they're doing is taking the sermons they preach at their church, edit them down to about 22 to 24 minutes, produce a little intro and outro, and then they need $394,000 $500,000 not for their church but for this separate ministry that they refer to as their I don't know radio ministry internet ministry whatever the case may be and I'm and I just I have a hard time going wait So, and in most of these cases, if you do a little bit of research, they're they're separate. This ministry is separate from the church, and in many cases, it has like its own call center, its own headquarters, its own staff. and, And it's like I don't understand why do you need all of that? Because most of the money, no matter what they claim, because they never really break down the percentages. That, why do you need that much money to air an edited sermon? It just makes no sense to me. And if someone is sending them hundreds of thousands of dollars, you think they would be broadcasting, I don't know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? They would be, they would be breaking in constantly, and they would be doing live streams and on demand, and they would have, I mean, they would have just all of this content. But in most cases, these large ministries that are bringing in millions of dollars— they produce so very little. So I started asking that kind of question. And then I kind of moved it over to the church, which was somewhat controversial. I I can sometimes say the same thing about churches. How much money given to churches to maintain the building, the staff, uh, how much of the money really just goes to administrative costs, to upkeep, and all of those types of things Versus the amount of ministry those churches actually produce. Again, a very fleshly and pragmatic perspective. But I'll just give an example. When I was a Lutheran, okay, when I was a Lutheran, right? Beautiful building. It was an absolutely beautiful building. Um, You had the building and then you had, I guess, quote unquote, what they call the fellowship hall. I don't know how much it costs for the upkeep of the building. But here's, here's the ministry that that church gave me. This was it. Sunday school, Sunday morning service, no Sunday night, typically not even much of a Wednesday night. They did have kind of a little Wednesday night Bible study, really didn't amount to much. So basically just a Sunday morning sermon. Sunday school really wasn't much either. So basically it was just, you know, maybe two hours on a Sunday if you're lucky. And the sermon was about 15 to 20 minutes long. And that was it. Now, I know they would say, well, it's more than just the preaching. It's the sacrament. It's the Lord's Supper. Okay. I understand all of that. It's the liturgy. Okay. I understand all of that. But still, you just have to ask yourself, what all that money is going to what? I mean, and, and even as a pastor, I mean, I, I just, you're, 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 and in fact, you know, full time salary. I'm like, you're getting a full time salary to produce one sermon a week. I mean, really? That, like, what? What are you doing? He said, well, he's there for all kinds of other things. W- I mean, I guess he, he wasn't doing anything for me, Monday, to t- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It, I just, I didn't under, I, I've questioned that. Like, all that money going for what? W- what are you accomplishing? Because I, I still think that there should be some kind of a correlation between all of the money versus the amount of ministry being produced. I, I just think that it's, cr- at least in many Catholic churches— there's daily mass, right? There's mass in the morning. Sometimes they have multiple masses per day, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. At least in many cases, there's a mass occurring, you know, almost every single day. That that to me makes more sense than in many Protestant churches where you're they, they've, in many cases, eliminated Sunday night services. In many cases, they've eliminated Wednesday night services. In many cases, they've gone to small groups which don't even meet inside the church building. And you're like, so... I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a large church, just go and just like on a on a typical day and just try to find, you know, if you if you know anyone who goes to a large church, how many people work on staff? And and you're like, so you've got I mean, in many cases they have like, you know, people for for producing, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I'll call them the technical people website and all of that. I mean, I got all kind of, we could go through all the different possible positions, but I know someone who works at a large church here in Abilene and, you know, and it's like, they've got all these offices and all of these different people that kind of like I have an office manager and it's like all these positions. And I'm just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, the reason I'm kind of going back to that line of reasoning is because, well, Guess what I have in front of me? I have the following, all right? I have the following. If I can I'll get to the article, here we go. Here we go. Here's the headline. 206-year-old church permanently closes due to dwindling numbers and failure to attract younger members. Now, this this is, I can't say... I don't have statistics in front of me to go, how is this becoming more common than it was five years ago, 10 years ago? But I do continue to see more and more reports of dwindling numbers in large churches laying off staff or the churches just closing down. Or in some cases, these churches that have like all of these different satellite campuses, closing those down and laying off staff. Because numbers are dwindling, and therefore they can't maintain the staff. They can't maintain all of the different things that they're doing. And when I say all of the different things they're doing, most of that does not actually translate to, to meaningful ministry. So here we have a 206-year-old church that permanently closes to dwindling numbers. The numbers started dwindling, and they're like, that's it. Time. Let's. We call it quits. We throw in the towel. Everyone go away. And I'm just sitting there going, I, I, mm, okay. Let's let's just read a little bit about this. I, I think we're going to have to start thinking differently about a lot of this. Um, in 206 years, Christ Church in Southwick, Massachusetts, has survived changes to its name, facilities, and membership. After more than two years of the COVID-19 pandemic, members voted in May to permanently disband the congregation on July 1st due to dwindling numbers, and the pastor decided it was a good time to retire, too. So the nu- the numbers started dropping, and they're like, okay, we're going to throw— the pastor's like, we're going to throw-, throw in the towel. The, the-, the-, the church members are like, let's disband, and let's go away. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. You have a building, right? You have a building, okay? You have some people— do you have enough money to maintain the building? Right. If you do, then start finding new ways to minister right like it's so weird it's like i th- I think in the minds of many may, may and I think maybe maybe this is where I'm wrong again I'm, i i I love this part of of podcasting. I can sit here and just talk this out and you and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. I think for many Christians. And, and, oh, I've got to be very careful how I say this, because I know many are going to disagree, but I think there's an element of truth here. I think for many Christians, what matters most, and I'm going to use the buzzword that's used by so many churches, the community is really more important than the ministry, now I know they will merge the two together say no, ministry is important. But I think in most churches, it, it's really not the sermon; it's the just coming together, meeting new, you know, be, have developing relationships, maybe the fellowships, potlucks, get-togethers. It's it's building "quote unquote" the community is more important. They just they like to come together for the community to to talk and 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 the activities and and those kinds of things are really more important than actual ministry. I wonder if, if if many churches are more committed to just the meeting together, just just being together, just almost like a social club. I know, I know, many are going to say no, 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 no. Ministry is most important. Everyone says that, but I guarantee you, if if I've, I've watched it my entire Christian life, hey, we want to have a potluck, we want to have a picnic, whatever the event is. Guess what? Always gets canceled on the calendar. The preaching always gets canceled. Hey, we're going we're gonna to cut the sermon tonight, or we're not going to have church tonight because we're going to have a potluck. Hey, we're not going to have church tonight because we're going to have a picnic. Hey, we're going to be having a, a a fellowship after church, so we're going to cut the sermon short. Okay, and we may just do a little... See. And why is it always the sermon that gets cut out? Why? Why is it always the teaching that gets cut out? Why? Why? Because I, I'm going to argue it's something about the... The community is more important than the ministry. Because if ministry was more important, or if ministry is more important, I would be looking around and go, whoa, 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 guys, we got a building here. It's a 206-year-old church. We've got a legacy, we've got a building. What what can we do to start ministering in a different way? What can we do? Because I I'm saying as long as you've got a you've got the facilities. All you need is an internet connection, a microphone, and you can start doing, you can come up with every creative way to just spend hours trying to minister to people, wherever they may be, wherever they're going through. The church at some point is going to have to realize that there's still a lot of people in the culture that's got questions about God, about morality, about purpose, about sin, about failure, about what about whatever is going on in their life. They've got all kinds of, of big questions, big questions, eternal questions, questions about ultimate reality. And yes, and, and but guess what? They're not going to the church to find the answer. They're not going to the church to find the answer. They're hopping, they're hopping online, they're watching TikTok videos, they're on YouTube, they're on podcast apps. So the church. Why would you just say, well, maybe our ministry in person is dwindling. Doesn't mean you stop the ministry going out. You just have to find a new way. What's more important, the ministry or the meeting? Now, I'm not saying we should disband. I'm just saying that some churches, it seems so like so much money goes into having a building to meet that that. More money goes into the upkeep and the staff and all of that than it does to actual ministry. And then when those numbers dwindle, the first thing is to cut and run. Well, that's it. We're done. We're done. Man, if that was my mentality, I wouldn't even have a church anymore. I would have given up a long time ago. I would have called it quits. But I stay, started from the very beginning. No, 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 no. We may be a small church in the middle of nowhere, but that doesn't mean we have to have a ministry that small and remains in the middle of nowhere. We can use technology to take our ministry anywhere and everywhere. Now, yes, if I was more personable, and yes, if I taught taught in a more compliant way that followed the basic templates of how to teach. If I did things a little differently, maybe even our external ministry would have had greater impact. In some cases I shoot myself in the foot because I'm always wanting to do things a little differently. But the point is there's plenty of people out there that could, that could do more. I I'll never forget. I lived in uh, Nebraska and I don't, and and this had a profound impact on me Um I don't know, uh, the pastor, I don't remember the pastor's name. He was, I think it was a retired pastor. And he was in somewhere in, in New Mexico, somewhere in New Mexico. He was like a retired pastor. and But he still wanted to minister. He still wanted to minister. So he was turning on a tape recorder and recording tape and then sending those tapes out to anyone, in, anyone who wanted them for free. All you had to do was contact him. He would send you the tapes. Now that was before even the internet caught on, and he and in some cases, I don't even know he was sending out tapes to all over the country all over the place and in some cases, I felt like he was doing more ministry than than well my church in Nebraska where we were trying to you know come up with money to build a new building and I'm like, this man's doing more ministry i w- I was receiving tapes from that pastor it felt like all every time I went to the mailbox there was another, a new tape. Uh, sometimes two or three tapes, sometimes four tapes. And, and, and and I was like, this is amazing. And, and that had a profound impact on me. It's like, he's, he's sitting in his house recording tapes and then packaging them up and sending them out. And he's not even charging money. And yet I, and I, and this is, and this, this had another profound impact. He was doing it for free at the same time. If I wanted to get John MacArthur's preaching, I had to subscribe for a monthly fee. I can't remember what it was so that I could get, was it like two tapes a week or whatever it was? I don't remember how it worked. Maybe it was two tapes a week, three tapes a week. I think it was like two tapes a week. I can't remember. And I'm like, so wait a minute, I got to pay to get MacArthur's tapes. But this other pastor, he's sending his tapes for free. And you just sit there and you just look at it and go, mm what What's happening? But see, this pastor was still finding a way to minister. So even if the church number dwindles, why should that stop the ministry? That should be we have to just re rethink our ministry philosophy, right? and 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 now at the same time, this is very important. A lot of people who are like, well, you know, I don't need to go back to church and I, I yeah, but you just remember without the churches there, you do possibly, I mean, having the church there is a great place for the ministry headquarters where you can't, you can minister in person and you can use that building to minister to everyone else. And it used to always bother me. And and again, I I don't know what happens in your church, but what happens in your church? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What's going on in your church? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What's going on in it? Does your does your church? I mean, I and mean, I mean, I think I think that's a viable, a, a viable. I, I, maybe that's not a good question to ask, but I think it's a good question. to has to be. Well, you've got the building. What's happening in it during the week? What 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 are you doing with it? And then, how many people do you have on staff? Paid staff. What are they doing now? I, I know people will say, "Well, there's all kinds of ministry going on." I, I look. I, I don't know. I just I know that in my, in my case, my basically my pastors, all my pastors, basically ministered to me for the most part, just when I showed up to church. Right. So now I I, I did have the after becoming after leaving Lutheranism. I did have the pleasure of being in churches that did have Sunday school Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday. I did have at least have that advantage. I call that an advantage to be able to have a church that at least provides that much ministry. Now, sadly, most of the people who were there on Sunday morning usually well over 60% did not attend Wednesday. So I always felt like this is this is insane. So but so that most people even the amount of ministry that they, they even want to show up to receive. It's just a weird, like, we're seeing churches close because, because of dwindling numbers, but they don't seem to be, I guess everyone's okay with it. To me, it's like, okay, dwindling numbers do, does not decrease the amount of ministry. It should increase the amount of ministry. And right? In my thinking, the fewer people I have here, the more I'm going to work to minister to people out there. The more people I have here, I may have more responsibilities, so it may de- win, it may decrease in somewhat the number of the amount of ministry I can produce outward. But I'm still going to do my best. I, I just think we have a we have to develop a new way of thinking. I think I think there has to be a new and and, and I'm not saying because things are changing. I think our our, our focus has been wrong for a very long time. It's been wrong for a very long time. I, I mean, I have, I've stated it so, I, I, this is, these are things that have been in my mind for most of my Christian life. I can remember even being a teenager going, so what's going on in the church on, on, on Friday night? What's going on in the church on Saturday night? And I can remember trying to get, you know, like young people to come to the church on Friday night. like Hey, let's, let's do a Bible study or something. And, and it's like, I mean, the church is just sitting there. Empty, nothing happening in it. But all we have to have all this money to maintain it. So, and so in this particular case, they've got, I'm looking at the building of this 206, 206 year old church. Um, it's a unique, it's a unique design. I will give you that. But I I mean, looks like you could do a lot in there. It looks like there's lots of things you could do. It looks like somehow you could use that to be doing all kinds of ministry in all kinds of different ways. And I've always said, if I had a staff of people, I mean, I would be coming up with, I I would be using that staff to to come up with ministry Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I I don't know. I I guess I still just don't understand the philosophy of, of many churches. I just don't understand their way of thinking. And I and I know what this, this is true in every organization. And, and I saw this, and, and 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 maybe I'm just looking at it more from my military experience. So maybe this is not a good way of looking at it. But, um, so many times in the military. It, the the idea was why do we do it this way? Well, it's the way we've always done it. And it's like, well, just because it's the way we've always done it doesn't mean it's the right way. Can can someone think out can any and I hate the phrase think outside the box, but can anyone think differently? It's like the church is like, this is just the way churches operate. This is just the way it works. We we bring in, let's say, a hundred thousand dollars a year and 90% of that just goes to maintaining the status quo, of the building, the staff, upkeep. And it's like, well, how much ministry is being produced as a result of that, you know, $90,000? Well, no, about, only about 10,000 actually equates to how much ministry is actually produced. And I, I just think, does anyone go, I, I, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way i would be I would be really interested. Joel Olstein's church in Houston. I would be interested in how much it takes money wise for just the upkeep of that building. It's basically a basketball arena. I, I, I would I wonder how much money it takes for the just the upkeep and how many people are on staff, how much money goes for the building and for the staff versus Actual how much ministry is produced in the church. I know I keep coming back to that formula, but that's what it comes down to. So if the church is dwindling, right, why is the thought, disband, break up, just call it a day, we're finished, you're done. And and I know there's people who've had that mentality about my church. It's like, well, you're so small, you should just quit. You should just, just give up. You should just... Just, just, it's just ridiculous. Nothing is happening. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Who are you to say nothing is happening? You do realize how much ministry we produce, right? And then some we could argue, but are you, then I guess someone could say, are you really accomplishing anything with your online ministry? I don't know. Put it this way. I I know this. I would never be able to. I'm never going to sit there and claim that I'm I'm accomplishing great things. But I know this: I'm putting out as much content as humanly possible, to hopefully have some impact somewhere. I just think. I just think the the the, the philosophy needs to be changed. You can tell me what you think. You can tell me what you think. Um, and and I oh just. Just to throw this out, so we have a 206-year-old church that permanently closes due due to dwindling numbers. There's other there's other reports like this coming out, but I did see this. Now I don't have the entire article. I wish I did. It's really irritating, but it's behind a paywall. But uh, I, I got this just a little a little while ago. Math professor calculates the church will disappear by 2062. In the end, it's really just a numbers game. So now, th- this math professor is—I don't know. I, again, I can't get to the entire article; behind a paywall. But they're—they're they're formulating that by 2062, the church is just going to be gone. All right. Now that—that's—that's that's a massive claim. I don't—I'm not in any way saying that it's true, but I—I I think that everyone is now starting to acknowledge the church at, in its present state, its present way of operating. That is going to be. It's going to go through a dramatic transformation, maybe a dramatic reduction in number, maybe a dramatic reduction in size. But I think what we need to do is have a dramatic transformation in our thinking and our philosophy. Now, I may be, sometimes I feel like, that I'm way like I'm way ahead of it. I'm, I'm I'm discussing something and nobody is quite ready for it, right? Everybody thinks I'm crazy. That I'm wasting my time. That you're just pursuing a line of reasoning that's just stupid. And and I know I, and I'll, and then maybe sometimes five years, ten years down the road, someone will be like, "Hey, I remember what you were talking about in June of 2022." You know what? I think you were onto something. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. That I'm actually onto something here. And then maybe in time. I, because right now I feel like I'm just kind of out there by myself and everybody's like, whatever, what is he even talking about? He's wasting everyone's time. I don't, I don't think so. I think the church has got to think differently. I think it has to think differently. I'm not saying abandon biblical principles. I'm not saying compromise biblical principles. I'm just saying we have to maybe look at what we're doing and how we're doing it and see if there's a better way of thinking that's that's all I'm suggesting all right um, a lots of uh a lots of decisions are coming out a, a lot of decisions are coming out from the Supreme Court today so there's going to be lots of uh people going crazy that's probably what everyone's focusing on right now but i I think whatever the Supreme Court does we got to focus on well what the what we're as Christians are supposed to be doing and ministry should be the most important and that ministry can take shape. In all kinds of different ways, like here I am on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning, I should say, a Thursday morning, talking to people around the world. That's—I'll never get tired of that. I'll never stop being amazed by it. I—I n- I never will. I just never will. I'll I just never will. I, I, just, I just, I just, well, maybe it's me, but I will just never stop being amazed that I can just turn on a microphone right here, grab a Bible and, and and start teaching and, and, and doing devotionals or, or whatever that I, it's just, I'll never, I'll never stop being amazed. I know, I know the younger generation, it's not amazing because you grew up with it, but man, I, I just think it's the, it's. The greatest thing, and I, I sometimes I feel like the church has not taken as, as much advantage as what, of what we have. Of, it has not taken advantage of what is available to us, and still trying to minister in it with a philosophy that I think is antiquated, and that things are changing. I am not saying we abandon biblical concepts. I am saying we have to we have to take those biblical concepts and maybe try to maintain certain aspects of it, but merge in these new things and abilities that we have. All right, I'll stop there. You can email me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize if that was a little bit of, well, again, stream of consciousness. You may call it rambling. Um, but I I I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. When I when I saw that story today about the church closing down, I was just like, why? You got a building, you got some people. Hey, hey, we've got a building here. We need someone who's creative, who can think of some ways that we can use this building to minister in whatever, in every way possible, right? Using technology and see what we can accomplish right here. In in a place, I'm assuming in Massachusetts, it's not the most, you know, it's definitely not the Bible Belt. So, so what could be done there? Well, first of all, how about start ministering in every way possible? It would be interesting to know, if that church even has a podcast. I bet, you they, I bet you they don't even have a podcast. I bet you they don't. I know what you're saying. Well, a church doesn't need a podcast. It's 2022. Yeah, you do. Every, you don't need to just post your sermons on YouTube, right? Some church, we post our sermons on YouTube. Look, we've accomplished something. That's nothing. You want your sermons everywhere. And not just your sermons. You can't do more than just your sermon? You have nothing else to say. Not, not, no other ministry can be done. M- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that building that's costing so much money to maintain, and that office, it, and all that space. You, 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 you can't. There's nothing else you could do. Nothing, else, no other ministry you could accomplish. None, none, none. All you can do is just get your sermons on YouTube and like, look at us. We're, we we're, we're, we're really reaching people. I don't know. There's a, like, I don't know how many different podcasting apps out there. Why wouldn't you have your sermons there? I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.